everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right, and we're back. This is part two of a really, really cool conversation. Uh, super proud to welcome back Rory, uh, who I've uh, I've been lucky enough. I, I went and re-listened to kind of where, where we discovered some of the, the first part of this. And this is why I wanted to have this logical break. There wasn't, wasn't much more that we could do to lead into a really what's going to be an amazing part of this story. Uh, so first, let's reintroduce for folks that, that caught the first half or they didn't catch the first half. Uh, Rory, uh, introduce yourself and, and where can we find you online? Uh, sure. So Rory, I'm Rory. Hey, everybody. I'm Rory. Um, you can find me at justroarcommunications.com. And the the funny thing is, I was laughing. I I I, I forget sometimes. I'm like, this is my buddy Rory. <laughs> everybody loves Rory. You love Rory. Uh, for folks that have have been able, to, I would highly suggest absolutely go go check out just Roar. Talk about the beauty of being named Rory, and like I I love the the imagery there. You do some pretty intense stuff. So let's revisit again for folks to make them go back and listen to this first half. What 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 exactly do you do here, sir? Uh, sure. So um, I do everything from uh, steal things from the president to um, to help people learn how to communicate. So I'd really sum it up relational communications, but I have a background in deception. I've been a deception expert for Wow, as long as I can remember, since I was five, I started learning about um, misdirection, sleight of hand, um, really the sort of how people think about these things. And um, now I use those skills for the good. So um, I will actually teach people the, the secrets behind why certain things work from a human behavioral standpoint, and then how can they use them to improve um, communications with their coworkers and then families and their family life and, and that sort of thing. And actually, the, I think one of the coolest parts is how they communicate with themselves. So, um, you know, we all have that inner world of, of filters and worldview. And um, so if we start to understand that, then we can start to understand how we relate to others. So that's ah. sort of my background. I like that. Yeah. So this is really cool because we left off the last one and you talked about the, the, the bridge from that tumultuous moment of giving a terrifying uh, presentation to a bunch of four-year-olds. Uh, and then your move to deciding that it was time to switch gears. And, and I said, perfect transition. You said, I wonder if I can do this for CEOs and let's, let's talk about the, the ultimate CEO and kind of work, work outwards from there. Let's talk about the the biggest, maybe the biggest guest you've had, uh, someone you you presented with. Okay, so I, I'm guessing from our previous conversation, you're talking about President Obama. That could be. Um, yeah, maybe that might be a good, good <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> he's not. He's not the ultimate CEO, but he he's a bigger CEO. 
That's so, true. That's true. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I, so, what do you want to know? How? Um, yeah. So first <laughs> how of all, how, how did that? How did that come to be that you found yourself uh, doing doing deception and magic for for the president of the United States? Sure. So at the time, I was doing a lot of private parties in New York City, and um, and I was also playing a lot of tennis. So uh, a person uh, that I was playing tennis with happened to be, um, he wasn't at the time, but he was on the board of the DNC. And um, so I played tennis with him. And then on, a, you know, the following Saturday night, I was at a private party and he, um, he was there. And I started, we started talking, his, his name's Andy Shapiro, by the way. So he's actually now the ambassador to the Czech Republic. Um, but so Andy and I started talking. He's like, hold on a second. There's some magician upstairs and I want to go see him. And uh, I'm like, it's me, Andy. And he started laughing. And I was like, no, seriously, it's me. So I kind of <laughs> blew him away a little bit. And then two days later, he, um, two days later, I was at another private party and Andy was there again. And the same thing sort of happened. I mean, obviously he knew I, I was performing at that point, but um, but he was like, oh, and so he enjoyed it. So I got a call the, the next week and Andy said, hey, Rory, you know, what are you doing Tuesday night? And I said, I don't know why. And he said, do you want to do magic for the president? And I said, the president of what? Because um, at this point I was doing a lot of corporate stuff. And, you know, and he is like the president of the United States. And I said, Andy, it doesn't matter what I'm doing Tuesday night. I'll be doing magic for the president. Uh, so, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And then, um, so it was a, a private fundraiser at the Waldorf. And um, it was pretty, pretty awesome. He was, uh, he was really a, a, just super tall and super nice. Like a real, you know, you could tell why he had become the president because he made you feel good and made you feel special. And it, it was really great. Um, so that's sort of the backstory. Um, yeah. So anyways, I guess I can tell you right before I performed for him, um, one of his sort of staffers is like, whatever you do, don't touch him because I guess another magician had, come to the Oval Office and had tried to do something and this guy made marshmallows appear and the Secret Service didn't know what they were so they took the guy down and beat him up pretty good. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so they're like, don't touch him. So um, if you actually go to, um, uh, I have this on my old website, which is just, uh, which is uh, RoryWheelerMagic.com. If you go to there, you can see presents and pictures of me and President Obama, but um, the very first thing I did, Eric, was touch him. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the ultimate thing of like whatever you do, don't look out that window. Everybody looks like you know you're I'm gonna do this, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because if you do go to that website, you'll see like I've actually got his hand like in a finger lock, so he can't put his hand down and I've loaded stuff on him, which at this point was just a coin. But he's pointing to the secret service and he's um He's pointing at his shoulder and he's like, do you see that? And they're all like, no, we didn't see that. So, um, so that ended up getting some secret service people in trouble. 
but um <laughs> yeah. well that's that's the interesting thing right it's you what i've really found in in life and is like flattening hierarchies like just everybody's a a subject of a conversation and a partner in a conversation or whatever it's funny there are different ranks and and they do different jobs but you know, you've you've kind of laid out this neat thing of the story of like meeting people who you know turn out to be influential and but at the same time you also talked about your story of you know you you talked to the janitor and it turns out the janitor was was actually not the janitor the guy that organized the party right so you, the fact that you've taken a very flat, like everyone's equal, everyone's worthy of my respect and time, that's, that's huge, right? That you don't, you don't have to be like, oh, well, I'm going to treat this person better because I think I got a shot at doing something more you know, from having this conversation. I, I really, I think that's done well for you because you, you give that respect at all layers. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way we're supposed to be, right? Because we're all, we are all equal. Right? So it's just going back to the truth of, you know, maybe like, you know, you and I were, were born in the States and we have like certain background. Well, you were born in, uh, born in the States or Canada? I'm Canadian by, uh, by nature. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it's still, you know, first world, you had certain advantages other people didn't have. Um, but intrinsically, that didn't make you any more or less valuable than any other person, you know? So, so yeah, that's kind of the way I roll. <laughs> now the deception, it is nice, though. It's, the deception yeah. thing, Go need, and I like that you've approached it that way. And I, I want to dig into this. This is something that people, I talk with security people all the time and, and there's this kind of like, they, they have the very darkened, like everything, assume you've been compromised. <laughs> Like, okay, maybe mm -hmm. that's a little harsh, but it's it's actually kind of true. Then what you can do is like, how do you how do you unlock something in somebody? Like when you approach it, and I love my favorite thing to watch you is you actually walk up and you physically you you pull somebody towards you, like as part of presentations and part of of crowd gathering. There's a there's an actual act of like physically touching somebody and pulling them in, and What's the, what's the science and psychology behind that? Sure. So, uh, okay. So to get really technical on you, right. Um, people are all unique and different. We're all unique and different, but we all share universal um, ways of processing information. If you want to put it that way. Um, so deception is really the, the flip side of the coin of communication um, and how that works is if i understand like if i understood a computer program and like you know ones and zeros and i know how that program is uh, how that computer program is programmed then i can i can hack into it essentially um, so deception is you know obviously it it depends on how you're using it if i'm using it to entertain you where I'm not going to take advantage of you, it's just to give you sort of this moment of wow, then um, that can be really fun and really useful. But also it, it can be really fun and useful if I can educate other people on how they could be at risk, right? Um, because essentially, you know, even if you're talking about computer security or, or you know, tech security, um, the, the weakest link is always the human element because anytime a decision has to be made, um, you're at risk, 
right? You're at risk of choosing the right thing or choosing the wrong thing. Um, so those choices are basically sort of my playground or my sandbox where I get to get to play. And, um, you know, the other thing too, Eric, is like, I'm, I'm 41. I've studied this stuff since I was five. So I've got a lot of experience where, um, where I've watched people make decisions and usually people will make the same decisions if I give them certain stimulus. So that's how I will um, use it really. Um, but, you know, people like salespeople, they, they do the same thing. They use tonality, they use body language, they use nonverbals and you just become adept at, at reading situations and then, um, and then being able to, either exploit them or, or use the information to, to build a, a bridge for long-term communications. The funny thing I remembered, you know, thinking in the world of deception, I remembered being on, on the tram in Las Vegas for something. And I kind of dabble in this every once in a while. I'm, I'm the, like, the worst person to hang around because I just like, like doing a lot of weird things. And so there I was, yeah. and there, there's this, a couple and they're, they're at, they're like holding onto the bar in this tram. And I look down and I see the luggage. The luggage has a luggage tag with a name and an address on it. And so I said, mm -hmm. oh, so are you here? Are you here long? Oh, just got in. I'm like, oh, cool. Are you in for your birthday? And she says, oh, no, no. My birthday is next month. I'm like, get out. What day is it? She says, the 11th. I'm like, that's amazing. My cousin's got the same birthday. Like, that was it. I now have <laughs> her full name, her address, and her date of birth. And it literally was two sentences of, of interaction in an open, like why would she suspect anything other than like, oh, I'm super proud that you're here in Las Vegas having fun. You look like you're having fun. Tell me why you're having fun. It wasn't, I need yeah. you to expose personal information to me so that I can use it in a threatening manner. So like that was, it's so easy when, because people just naturally give up information in ways when you don't attack it, like if you don't go in saying, can you tell me your social insurance number? I'm like, but, or social right. security number, but I bet you could say like, have you got repeating numbers anywhere in your social security number? And like, they're going to bust yeah. out the card. They're going to, you, you can do it in a way that's going to pull out information. They don't even realize what you're actually doing. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I showed you this while, while we were at AWS, but like, it's amazing. I'll just ask people for like, give me the last four of your social and like 50% of people will throw it out. And I'm like, no, no, don't ever do that. Um, but you know, there, yeah, you're right. So now, um, have you assumed her identity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a beautiful house in the, in Lake Placid as a result of a great market. No, but it's, uh, uh, I, I, what I loved is working through the course of like interacting with people, you know, and it's funny. It's when it's your, you know, I've seen incredibly smart people too fall victim to that thing, you know, where it's just not their, their focus. They're not thinking about stuff like that, you know, and I, I even had the guy who was, an amazing systems developer literally like went home one weekend. He was a Java developer and, and or a C developer or something like that. And he goes home for the weekend, comes back on Monday and he's like, I learned Java and I wrote, wrote this whole brand new program in Java. And it ended up becoming like the crux of this huge platform at this company we're at. And I was like, how do you do that? Um, like just go home for a weekend and I'm going to learn a brand new language and then become an integral part <laughs> of a billion dollar company by this thing that I wrote in a couple of days 
but yet every 35 days I had to help him change his password because he didn't know <laughs> he had to type in the old password once and the new password twice. So every 35 days he would lock himself out trying to change his password. I would come <laughs> manually set it and, and do it for him. Like that was, so that's when I discovered that like there's ways like people can be incredibly smart, but yet, you know, don't realize there's things they don't have access to. And even better, you know, like I said, then it, it unlocked this idea of like, how do you, how do you use that and comfort people through it? And in creating that comfort, most people would go up and like, boy, Larry, you're an idiot. Like, I can't believe you don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, hey, Larry, how's it going? Man, it's been like a month or so since I've seen you. <laughs> like almost yeah. joking. Like, is it again that I here every month and I know I'm going to be here 35 days, but like there's a way you can approach the situation. One of which is comforting and disarming. And the other is, boy, Larry, you're an idiot. And so I chose the, the comforting way and it, it, it did me well in my career. And, you know, and yeah. I, I admire that your ability to do that can, you know, it's, you're like the nth level you know, beyond of like how quickly you can go in and, and unpack and unlock that capability in people. Mm. Well, like you said, I mean, it did you well. And, and that's also why you're cool peeps, right? <laughs> that's, you know, um, but I find that all the time, you know, it's like, there's certain things that I'm, I'm gifted at and there's other things that I'm just, you know, I'm just not like, you know, my, my wife jokingly says to me, you know, like, how can you go and, and like do all this stuff and then you can't figure out how to turn the, the laundry machine on, right? And I'm like, it's because you need a PhD for our laundry machine. <laughs> you know, I, but, um, but yeah. Or, or maybe you're using manipulation. So I used to do that with my, with my mom when I was a kid. She's like, she would watch me fold clothes in this like haphazard way and just like, oh, just get out of the way. Let me do this. And, you know, <laughs> I really never did no. learn old laundry for a real good reason <laughs> <laughs> i think my problem is that i keep trying to talk to the laundry machine that, that'll do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. screaming <laughs> at it <laughs> yeah after the first few kicks it decided it didn't like me but no i'm kidding with you do you yeah. think that, no like you're no. so let's talk about what you do in like how you started taking what you do and then making it a coaching process and like what are the kind of people that you've that you've worked with and, and helping them to find this in themselves sure um well the first person that i started working with was was myself right because <laughs> um that might sound like arbitrary but but it's really not. And maybe we'll come back and, and touch on that. But like, you know, I've got stories and stories of growing up as an athlete and being hard on myself. And then um, just realizing that was unproductive. Um, so, you know, as an athlete, like, you know, you run like um, there's a lot of self-talk that goes on in your head. Um, as far as, you know, who I've used this stuff with, like, you know, I've, I've gone in and I've trained for Hilton worldwide. I've trained for Richemont, which is like the father, the parent company to like Mont Blanc, Van Cleef Arpels. Um, I've, you know, it's all over the place. I, I've, I've gone in and talked to law firms about, you know, their litigators, how they can read juries. Um, 
I've gone in and talked to HR companies and, and talent companies where um, I've trained their staff on being able to tell if people are lying to them and if, you know, people are likely to take the job or if they're lying about what they have, what their credentials are, their background are. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's sort of all over the place. The, the way I got started was simply um, that concept of like all of us are made unique. And, and what we were just talking about, we're all unique. We all have different gifts um, and not all the gifts are the same, you know, like my growing up, my best friend, he's, he's a genius. He, you know, he scored, well, he scored, he, he scored a 1590 on the SAT when the, the top score was a 1600 and he intentionally omitted <laughs> two of the questions because he didn't want to score perfect. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, this guy, like he was, he went to UPenn, he double majored in chemical engineering and math and he never went to class and he was still top of the class. And then he, um, you know, he went to Harvard and was top of the law school X, Y, and Z. And then we'd play chess and I'd beat him. And I'd be like, Oh my God. And I'm not even a good chess player, you know? Um, but one of the things that he didn't do well was was anticipate um, sort of strategy from from like a, a sports background. Um, so that sort of got me started in this whole thing of like, listen, like how can you be a brainiac and, and not have certain skills? Um, and I mean, that's not the only origin, but that that's part of it, right? Um, and um, yeah, so. And there's some stuff and like now, it's not necessarily like there's certain th capabilities that are born in you know, like there's fundamentals of the way your brain is wired. And I talk about like systems development versus like what I do, you know, and I would say like, I'm not a, sure. I'm not a developer. I'm not a, I can't read music. Like I can't live read music. Yeah. I can play guitar and I've played guitar for years in bands, but I can't read music. Scares the hell out of me. It makes me want to like want to strike somebody. It's, <laughs> because I, my brain does not function in that particular way. But, you know, there's other things that are, you know, there's some hardwired stuff, but ultimately there's a lot of stuff that is learned behaviors. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's funny to yeah, hear along comes this thing of strategy and anecdotal, you yeah. know, use of information too also comes into play where you've just seen it more times. So it can become obvious yeah. over the course of years. Yeah, you know, it's funny because like in high school, I played on a basketball team called Team Florida, which was the best 12 players in the, the state of Florida. And Tracy McGrady was on the team. So, um, you know, you're from Toronto. Do you know who this is? I That I do know. You caught me out of my music question the other day, but uh, this one I do. This is legit. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, he obviously he played for the Raptors and um, he went on and played for the Rockets and the Magic and, and stuff. But, you know, people, the, the big knock on Tracy is that Tracy was the most talented player in the NBA and he just didn't have the work ethic, right? right. And, um, and it, it's a situation where, you know, maybe Kobe Bryant had a better career because Kobe Bryant is, is a monster when it comes to work ethic. But he's also 
a monster when it comes to, like you said, analyzing things and, and looking at patterns and knowing what people were going to do. Um, so yes, lots of, you know, I was never going to be Tracy McGrady because I didn't have the physical gifts. Um, but I was able to play on a level with him because of the studying and the understanding of knowing how people were going to do things. Um, if that makes sense. And, um, I think that that's really true of what I'm doing now, um, which is like the whole nonverbal, like verbal communications and knowing how people are processing information. It's just, I've spent pretty much my whole life studying it. Um, so, and you know, you could have a, a three hour, four hour session and it's, uh, it's amazing how much you can learn in just that little bit of time. Um, of seeing things that like you know we the, the point is too eric we all see them we just it's a language it's not necessarily like we know what we're seeing but when someone says oh that's this you can go oh wow that's amazing you well, know what i mean it's funny the, the 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 words of language they say the what makes a language like uh, un you know learnable or what seemingly unlearnable to people is they can't tell the breaks between the words and it was such a funny thing i heard that described mm -hmm. if you listen to somebody in italian you don't know when words start and stop so you lose track mm -hmm. of trying to map out where things are and say you know so french english whatever it's going to be so when you don't you can't try and map words to actions to things since you know that's when we learn as kids it's like red you know, you show this, there's <laughs> a block, red C, the red block. You know, you don't start off by teaching a kid, okay, kids, so this is red, this is a red, see it's a red block, it's a red dog, see the red dog, see the color's a red block, right? They're both red, right? You got red, we're good. All right, red, let's move on to green. Like, no, you, you start off, mm. spot, run, run, spot, run. Spot is a dog, spot is a running, and like, you, we have to, mm. and once you get the, once you get the the words and you know the breaks, then the cadence can rise, and and that's what it yeah. is. So it's it's such a weird thing, but yeah, like you said, in nonverbals the same way. You it's happening right in front of you all the time. And yeah. I showed somebody at at an event, so it was a post event, you know, actually at the AWS conference when we were at and and, and we were working together, and and I I showed somebody at the end. I said I said watch this, and I'm like I do the thing where like you you like tug up your your jacket and then you tug it back down and like you touch the table you touch them at the elbow and like you show them and i've got a coin and I like move it between my hands and i said do you even know when i'm doing something that you're not supposed to see or do you think that i'm showing you something that i want <laughs> and it's funny and he's like and you can watch their eyes are watching my hands and and all i do is as i look i look them in the eyes and they stop and they look right at me and then I go and I grab my elbow and I grab and I move the coin and they look down at my hands and I, so, and I was like, like, you don't, I'm never going to do a trick here, but the point is I can guide you through this moment and you can see through mm -hmm. their reactions, how I can like, all right. So now if I was actually a legit, you know, if I was actually a magician, had any skill, I, I could then unload something pretty wild on them because I've been able to train mm -hmm. their to the moments, you know, it's like, and that's the whole thing of misdirection. You know, it's, uh, I'm fascinated by it. I really wish I, was, I had time and, and the ability to study it properly. 
Well, it, it's funny what you're saying, right? Because that's the same thing that like a good salesperson can do, right? They're guiding you through the process of knowing where your attention is and what needs to be answered um, to help you make a good decision. Um, and that's why I was saying, you know, the fascinating thing for me is not the magic. It's that what you just described is universally applicable all over the place from sales to computer programming, right? Um, you know, all over the place to marketing to it's how are, how are people following information? Sort of what's the syntax of it? Um, and that to me, that's the real magic. It's not, yeah, I've put in some time, like as far as did, you know, the, the digital ability, but, um, but I find it a lot more interesting, like, you know, even not having the ability and, and using it with like, you know, like a mentalist would be using pieces of information like you described in the suitcase. They'd be gathering information like and yeah. then using that to make it look like they're reading your mind. Right. So. Um, so. So, yeah, so I don't really see magic as like a. I don't see magic the way a lot of people see magic, which is like, oh, it's like a rabbit in a top hat. It's a, it's a bunny. It's a, you know, it's even like a, oh, I made the coin disappear. But I really look at it from that standpoint of how can you use the information that you're giving someone to either blow their mind or, or, or do something else with it. Now, there's the other one. It's not just that's when it goes well and it's funny like there's a lot of like knowing when it goes well there's also knowing when it won't go well and i I think we somebody from the team they talked about you know part of the art of crowd gathering that that a lot of folks do and and that you know your your team uh, that you work with uh for for these event stuff it's that whole thing of like you physically get somebody to kind of pull them in and you can sort of measure like how how comfortable they're going to be for you to influence them based on the reaction to mm-hmm. you touching them. <laughs> Tell, if, share a little bit about that one, because I think I found this really, really interesting, especially when you found somebody, perhaps our CEO, who wasn't going to be very influenced <laughs> because of the sort of, <laughs> of reaction. Yeah, so, I mean, there's the physical side of it, which is like pliability test. Like if we shake hands and, I, you know, it's, um, it's almost like dancing. Like if I say, oh, would you stand over here? I can see how 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 easy you'll physically move from one place to another. Um, but when you're talking about verbals and nonverbals specifically, um, and I use nonverbals different than body language, but when you're using um, nonverbals, people will move towards things that they're comfortable with, and they'll move away from things that they're uncomfortable with. So if I were to simply ask a question. I can see the reaction if people engage more or if they engage less. So like if I ask you a question and your body goes stiff and your fingers tense up, um, then I'm going to know that you're probably not going to be the most compliant with what I want to do. So I might either use that or I might pick someone else, depending on the situation, of course. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's also... Sorry, go ahead. It's also a lot of years of experience. So like if we have a group of four people and three people are into it and one person's not, um, then how am I going to control that group um, as far as moving 
towards me or away from me. I, I like that you've you used the word compliance, and uh, I've I've been a student of, of of many books. One of them, or, and authors, especially, is Robert Cialdini. Uh, he talks about influence yep. and stuff, and he refers to sales folks as compliance professionals, and and that's mm-hmm. that's really what it is. Is like I'm going to you're effectively going to give people a way in which you want them to comply with something. You're, you're giving them the situation and you want them to align to a goal. You want to, them to comply with the outcome that you're, you're seeking. And that's like, that's what sales is. That's what marketing is. That's whatever. When I give you something, it's, it's going to elicit a reaction, you know, and, or solicit a reaction rather, sorry. And in doing so, when you, when they don't do it, that you measure how sort of, you know, that's why we say pliable, like pliability is compliability. Like there's, there's, there's words mm-hmm. in behind that stuff. So I, I love compliance and deception. Sounds so dark, <laughs> but it's really what we do every day, right? It's, 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 it's just funny as a student of the, and being old enough that I've seen it happen over and over again. I'm like, wow, I mm. see now. I see what's been going on this whole time. <laughs> Well, you know, it's actually, that's why I go back to, is it communication or is it manipulation, right? And so a big part of what I actually have to help people with is like the morality and the ethical side of it, right? Because the technique itself will work. Now, what you use it for and how and when you apply it makes all the difference in what you're doing. Um, so for example, like if I had a boat and it had holes in it and I still wanted to sell it to you and I was able to patch that up and paint it over and sell it to you by using these techniques, obviously that would be a bad thing. Right. Um, but if I was maybe say your friend and someone was trying to sell you this boat and I could use the same techniques to help you understand why it's not a good boat, then it could be a really good thing. Um, so, so yeah, uh, but, but obviously, yeah, I, I've read that book. You and I, you and I have read a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> we could similar. go through a laundry list of books now when, so when you're doing coaching and you're doing and uh, training along these lines, like how, what does, what does it look like for people? Like it's obviously, you know, they could read a book and, and, I'm lucky that I map the, what I've read with a lot of life experience, but if they don't have it and they don't get a chance to walk through it, what, what do you find is the most, uh, sort of the, the, the most profound way to get people to actually walk out of a coaching experience with more skill? Like, is it, is it role play? Is it a bit of class, a bit of watching others, a bit of direct role play? How does it, how do you find that it works and what kind of stuff do you use to help people? Sure. So um, from a coaching perspective, the most important thing is the personal nature of it, right? Um, When I, I don't know if we got into this, I I can't remember if we got into this last session, but when I went and worked with John Strasberg, um, did we talk about that at all, Eric? Yeah, you briefly touched on it, but let's revisit it again, just in case folks didn't catch it yet. Okay, so I I went and studied theater with John Strasberg, who's Lee's son. And uh, John is an absolute genius 
at what he does, but what makes him a genius is his ability to communicate the process, um, the process of theater, which is really the study of human behavior. Um, and it starts from the time you meet him, because like if you were to try to go to Yale or you were to try to go to NYU, they'd make you come in and audition with a, with a monologue X, Y, and Z. Um, John does it really differently, or at least he did when, when I, I met with him. Um, and John's interview, John's process is an interview. And so he'd sit you down and he'd say, well, you know, listen, you might be a great actor and I might be a great, you know, teacher and coach, but, um, what is it you want to learn from me? Why, you know, because I could be great and you could be great, but we might not be right for each other. And so what, what he was doing was he's setting up the personal nature of working with him and working with a coach. He was also setting up the dynamics of if, if you want to work with me and I want to work with you, you know, this is the dynamic of the relationship where you fundamentally have something you're trying to learn and I'm trying to teach you that. Um, so he was just a master at what he did. And he'd talk about, you know, these are long-term relationships that we're going to enter into because it's not just fixing technique, it's getting to know you and know how, in his case, how, how the imagination works, how you process information. Um, and that's definitely true. And um, so when I'm working with people, it's the same thing. It's like long-term, almost like friendship where um, I'm getting to see, you know, maybe you have a situation at business and it doesn't go well. And you start to work on, well, what, what broke down? And then, so we'll use real life problems to sort of work through. And, um, and we'll look at those from a communication standpoint of, you know, it's not necessarily what you said, but maybe it's what the other person heard. And so it starts to become this study of human behavior of learning to read and understand what people are thinking and saying. So from a from a, a training standpoint, theater is one of the best things you can do. And I, I don't mean like flaky theater, like I'm a tree, right? Like, <laughs> there goes my uh, play. <laughs> I, I, it was a great tree in a grade seven play. I was hoping I could keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean like the study of, you know, people that are writing things like Tennessee Williams used to talk about what do you know about life, right? And John talks about this all the, the time. John thing is like the three greatest teachers are life Shakespeare and yourself right um, but but that's what I'm talking about when it when it comes to like a coaching standpoint of like how much do you know about life and how much do you know about the way other people are experiencing life and then in that you can start to communicate on a on a on a deeper level where you're starting to see things that um that are there, you know, you see them all the time. It's just, it, it, it takes it from being an accident to a skill set. Is there, you know, there's a lot of things that we have and there's a moment, uh, you know, it's the, the aha moment, whatever. There's a point where it clicks. Do you find, you know, is there a way to speed people towards, or do you find there's a, there's a point in this process where they, they have that moment, it's like whether it's, they obviously they've come to you and said, "Rory, I, I 
I, I'm, I want to become a better salesperson or I want to learn how to do something better or I want to do something, you know, how do I get my message across? How do I be clear and, and, and get to the result that I'm after? But they could, you know, sit there and stare at you and listen to you and then, and then they walk out of there and maybe they don't know. But have you seen that moment click with people and you can kind of try and get to that one quick? Yeah, and that's why I'm talking about the difference between, like, say, like coaching and consulting, right? So, having studied this stuff for for years and years and years, there is an ability to pinpoint to put my finger on, like, well, what do you think about this? But it's funny in your question, even, right? Because part of the problem is helping people renew the way that they think, right? And so, in the question, it's like people want a quick fix rather than you want to start from the foundation and work up and have something solid that you can have long-term growth in, right? So one of the concepts is the faster you try to go, the longer it takes. The reason <laughs> that's true is the reason it's true is because you'll miss details. And often people are missing the details. And the details are what give you the information that you need to be a good salesperson, right? So, you know, there, there's these moments that if you can help them understand that, they might think they're moving slower, but in the long term, they're really moving much, much quicker, right? And, and that is the result. So uh, having a good process and helping people with how they relationally communicate with other people, having that good process is the result. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and it definitely is. And it's, it's funny, you, you caught me out in the, like, what's the direction of the question is interesting too. You know, if I, as a consumer, be like, look, how do I get to the meat fast? Like, how do I just get this over with? Like, that's like, you're in real trouble, kid. It's not going to happen. <laughs> in fact, the harder you look for it, the harder it's going to be defined. Uh, but versus on the other side, have you been able to see, like, you've seen it in past, like some, when somebody goes like, Oh, like it just, it starts to happen for them. I think it was, well, I'll, Anthony I'll, give, you, I'll give you an Sorry. Yeah. So Anthony Robinson of, he says, people don't make a decision. He says, people don't like they, they make the decision in a moment. And then that, from that point forward, they are servicing the decision. So they, they found the thing that said like, okay, it's gotta be, this is how it can be different. And now they're, now they're actually moving in the right way. Yeah, and I think what you're talking there is you're talking about like, you know, fast thinking versus slow thinking or like, you know, making an emotional decision and then logically backing it up and moving towards that. Um, but just to back up for a second, right? You were asking, are there these aha moments where people are like, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's almost like we just had one, right? Because it's like, oh, the faster you try and go, the longer it's going to take. And it was like, oh. And so it's helping people understand. Does that make sense where it was almost you were like, oh, yeah, you caught me out, right? Yeah, but, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> that, that was like an aha moment of like, oh, yeah, that's obvious, right? So it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel. It's just making people aware of even the way that we um, – interact with each other right um once we become more sort of tuned into that um we'll start to relate to each other differently and then 
the sales themselves take care of themselves, right? right? Like if you really feel, you know, people, who do they buy from? They buy from people they know, like, and trust. And they know they have a good product and they know the company is a good company, but they can really trust the person they're working with. Um, ah, yes, the blessed and so, trusted advisor position. My, my, we, I, I find <laughs> all the time like we want to be your trusted advisor i'm like dude taken i got i got a ton of those ones i got single panes of glass and trusted advisors everywhere i look none of them are actually <laughs> i feel bad even saying it I, I i even say it jokingly in the conversation because i want to let people know like this is what i want to be but like seriously we know there's no such thing and in fact you <laughs> you, you create trust by the fact that you you get rid of it like you get rid of that Let's just take this veneer off. Like I, I'm going to tell you about yeah. how I'm going to be a trusted advisor. But look, we all know that that's actually obviously I've got a vested interest in the success of the sale. But really, what is that you need to get out of this? And now they're like, okay, yeah. you know, even if you they'll they'll say at the end of it, they're like I I really trusted the way he approached it. And like, whew, I it actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the one of the the techniques is transparency. Right. And also, if you want to take it back to the Cialdini book, you, you can chalk it up to the law of reciprocity. I gave you something and you're more likely to give me something. But what you gave them was the transparency of the truth of, listen, I'm biased. I've got an interest in making the sale myself. So, you know, you've kind of disarmed them in, the, in that situation. Right. Um, which is creating trust or rapport because you're telling them, listen, you know, Hopefully you're not telling them buyer beware. <laughs> you're them, I've got something good I want to get you involved in. But exactly, um, when yeah. you start the conversation with how familiar are you with with libel and, and laws and around stuff that gets said in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yep. it, it is funny that, that I look at how many times. These are like these are proven techniques, and that's what's fascinating when you when you see it, and and it's like it's been it's been shown out. Cialdini does a great job of unpacking it with real life situations, and we look back. My favorite one I always tell people because I'm I, I work for a, technically I'm in marketing, right? And I say that like that's just the way I said that. Technically, I'm mar I'm in marketing, as if I'm not proud that I work in a marketing team, but because I'm technical, like I'm a, <laughs> I'm. A, so it it immediately gives me a a, a buy on both sides. I'm not good at marketing, mm. and if I'm not technical enough, hey, look, I'm in the marketing team. Give me a break. So right. it's, it's funny, these little weird things, how it plays out. So, you know, anyway, so I work in a marketing team, and what do we do? I'm in technical marketing, and then one of my favorite stand-up routines is, is Bill Hicks, and he says, is there anybody here in marketing? I need you to die. You know, like, no, I mean, seriously, I need you <laughs> to die. You know, like just, just jump off a cliff and whatever. And it's the whole thing like you're evil, you're the devil incarnate, and, and your whole purpose is to, you know, to get people out of their money. But, and he goes through this funny thing and he goes, look, I know you're laughing. And I know you're thinking, I know what he's doing. He's going after the like bitter demographic. Like, no, no, no demographics. Stop it. You're marketing still. And even in the, the way that he's unpacking, he's like, I know you're just reading data into this, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you going to, you're not going to jump off and die. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's, that's the funny thing. What I love is you, 
if I could think of what you're very good at and what I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by is just being somebody who leads somebody to an experience that they want to have. That's, mm. it's whatever it's going to be, whether it's going to be in tennis, whether it's going to be a, a enjoying a magic, you know, show, a trick, whether it's coming in and, and learning about a product, whether it's just, you know, learning about the, the background in theater. You can take a very mm. good moment to disarm somebody to the point where they're ready to like, experience something and that's what it is it's like i'm giving you an experience whether it's yeah i'm making money mm -hmm. and be the salesperson is different but that's what marketing is that's the that's why it's the i called yeah. it the magic of marketing it's like you're i'm going to show you something the the best marketing campaign i've ever seen in my life is a piece of paper with three slides on it and it's all it is, it's Lego blocks. It's literally like one, like a Lego block. It's got the, the four long one and, and the six long one. Like the, and then you look at the shadow and the shadow is an airplane. And then there's one where it's like a block mm. with a thing on the top and the shadow is a tank. And then like, that's it. Like you, when you look at this ad, you remember why you did this as a kid, right? It's, this is not four blocks. It's a dinosaur. And that's the experience. Mm. You're giving and when you, when I show this to people, you can watch them like they're they sometimes their eyes well up because they remember why mm. they loved that and like that's what i want to do and that's what i watch you and and really amazing professionals do in helping people begin an experience and that's mm. that's magic and it's also mm. science <laughs> but the what's amazing is the ability to to unlock it for people and they don't even realize it sometimes until a little while later and all of a sudden they're like ah mm -hmm. walk out of that meeting with somebody and they say like hey thanks you know like that was kind of neat what you you know like like you said transparency doing doing good things we've got every bit in our power to walk up to that poor girl in the tram and then go home and steal her identity but at the moment what i really gave her mm -hmm. was she was very happy that somebody else had the same birthday as her. And that made her happy for a second. Mm, yeah. That, uh, yeah. And, you know, and somebody else got a mortgage if they're listening in on it because they may have got the same information that I was unlocking, but Hey, I'm not responsible for that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you, you didn't say the name or the address, but that's, um, right. <laughs> but that's really true. Right. It's like, um, I think that that's, that is, at least 50% of what I teach people, right? Because when I started to teach people or even think about teaching this stuff, one of the really big, um, I guess you could call it a thought block that occupied a lot of my time was, well, you're teaching stuff that, that's really powerful to manipulate people. Um, and then what are people gonna do with that information? Right, and what what are they going to do with those skill sets? And so, when I say fifty percent of what I do is teaching people, it's teaching people how to protect themselves, because you know if you took basic like uh, a basic premise um, of like you know people are on a need to know basis, and if they don't need to know the information of when I was born, why are they asking? Right. You can you can protect yourself. You can be much more effective at, at it. 
So, so it's that side of, okay, you can teach people to protect themselves. And then at the same time, you can also teach people how to use this because if you do have a good product, maybe people have been taken advantage of in the past and they don't want to try something new or they don't want to get involved in your product. But if it's, it's good and it's going to help them, then the skill set is also helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And, and that's, that's the, that's, I would believe I would just call it like ethical, you know, it's the, it's the ethics of sales. It's the ethics of marketing. It's the ethics of business in that you, we've got incredible capabilities. What you do with it is your choice. And, and also, like I said, try it on yourself first. You know, what's the way that you can figure how to, how to handle this you know, information gathering and creation in your own mind. And then you start to map it against how others react and, and stuff like that. It's, and it's not new. You know, it's, this is stuff, there's a whole giant section in the bookstore about this stuff, right? I mean, Dale Carnegie's, famous book how to win friends and influence people it was published in like 1928 or something like that it's it's not a it's not a like oh my goodness since the internet age like oh you know how to sell to millennials i'm like they've probably got a dale carnegie how to influence you know how to win influences with millennials like it's just take the same practices and replace (laughs) some of the words like that it's these are common core these are physiological and psychological things that we can discover and it's pretty fun to kind of dig into it. And it's also important for people that need to learn about this stuff, reach out to professionals and, and help them. Don't necessarily, I'd say read the books, but like, you know, I, I, I've been lucky, I, you know, in, in meeting you and, and, and the other folks that worked, you know, in the infotainers team and, and meeting other folks in the field, I, I'm fascinated by, you know, how much of a difference it can make. And uh, so I would encourage yeah. people to reach out to you. Not sponsored, by the way. So I, I, I make sure very clear on that. Like, <laughs> literally, like you know, I Rory's a Rory's a friend, and uh, so go to Just Rory Communications mm-hmm. and buy his training. Uh, but because it would work, and because it's, I believe in I believe in the outcome. Yeah, I believe in in the ethics of the outcome as well, which is pretty cool. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, like you said, you don't even have to go to the bookstore. Right, because all that's contained in the books is what people have learned about life from experiencing it. Right. So, like, if I gave you the example of like, you know, the golden rule, like treat others as you want to be treated. Well, the big thing about in that Carnegie book is like, is you know, put things in other people's interest, not just your own. Right. So, who likes a selfish person? Like me, myself, and I. You know. But other people are, are what's on their radar, what's good for them. And so if you can just start to, to enter into those their shoes, you know, you call it empathy. But if you enter into their shoes where they're at, you'll be more effective at what you do. And you don't have to go to a bookstore for that. You know, it's just caring about someone else. And I think that that's why the principle works. But I do appreciate the shout out. Um, and also just real quick, Eric, I just want to give a shout out to Anders. Um, from the infotainers, because obviously that's how um, we met. So, um, you know, if you want to check out Anders, he's uh, tradeshowinfotainers.com. And he is also really awesome. So, 
Yeah, I've got to get Anders on. Uh, it'd be great to have a chat with him because I've, I've, for years in the circuit of being at trade shows, I've seen Anders in action. And, and admittedly, so that's the funny thing. This is my, you know, this is how, the, how life takes funny turns. You know, when I started with my company, we went to the, an event and we we're at this VMworld, which is a big, it's like the, it's like the mecca for, for, for nerds in, in virtualization. And, and so we came here. <laughs> And I said, I was, I was brand new to the company. I said, so who, who do we get to do like booth presentations and stuff like to tell about what we do, you know? And they said, Oh, well, we don't normally do that. I'm like, well, guess what kids we're doing that this year. We're going to do, we're going to go big. And they said, okay, is it like a, like a, like a half hour presentation? I'm like, that's funny. You've never been to a trade show, have you? I'm like, no, no, you've basically got to be like carny style, giving stuff away, whatever you can to get butts and seats for like eight minutes. And if you can get them to hang on a little longer, you've probably got somebody who's interested in your product. So, but at the very least, they want to see some free stuff. They want to win things. And like, so I started with this whole thing of setting up and they said, well, what if we looked at like, how do other people do it? And I said, like, some people get like magicians. I'm like, if we're going to start this out, I said, I'm going to do it because I know the technology and I can tell the story in a hopefully compelling way to keep those butts in those seats for eight minutes. And I was, I felt bad because I was like, I think I just dissed the entire like trade show infotainer community. But I was like, before <laughs> we go to that, let's see if we can tell our story in a way. And what's yeah. amazing, what Anders and you and, and, and a lot of you know, great, great presenters out there, they do is they really do tell the story of the company in a way that's compelling that keeps people in. And so it's kind of fun. I had a blast working with you at the event because I was like, I didn't have to do any work. You just do the lead up and then I just take this engaged audience and then break them down to the point where they want to leave about three minutes later and <laughs> hand them back to the aisle. <laughs> that's funny. You obviously, you know, everyone should know that, like, obviously you were really great at, at, at presenting and you are great at presenting. And I think that that's part of kind of what, what helped us bond, right? Because I was like, whoa, man, you're good at everything you do. Like, that's awesome. There's an excellence there. So, um, well, thank you, man. Yeah. I, I greatly appreciate that. I'm a terrible guitarist. I'm saying consolation. So that's, I'm not good at that at all. I just, I just did it. I did it. Be, I, I was just only slightly better than the next guy. <laughs> no, it's, but also it's like, it, there's a, there's an art to how we do things. Uh, so tech folks, and you want to get people to tell your story. Like if you want to tell a technical story, listen to people that tell good stories. You know, that's why I, yeah. you know, watch, comedy routines watch presenters and entertainers so there's a reason why there's a formula to how the stuff works it it comes back to the carnegies and the cialdinis and the if we could chase it far enough back it goes back to the platos and the socrates and, and all of those of the world uh you know it's everything old is new again it's uh when i when someone says hey i read this business book and it kind of just sounded like every other business book i'm like exactly because <laughs> <laughs> that's it like, I'm sorry to tell you, but you've, you've read the story because it's the same freaking story. It's, it hasn't vastly changed. They've just created different anecdotal details around the story. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you've got it. Well, it's funny you say that. Just going back to what you said um, real quick, too, like people presenting, um, 
when I go in and I train companies with sales or even like trade show selling, right? It's amazing that like I go, so what's your elevator pitch? And they don't know what an elevator pitch is, right? Or what's your strong opener or how do you plan to engage people? And they're just like, huh? <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just, it's really interesting of, of um, you know, people are like, I don't know, we're going to show up. Like you're talking about marketing and, you know, oftentimes I'll talk to companies and I'll go, well, what's your, what's your plan to market at this trade show? And they're like, well, I don't know, M&M's? We're going to get some M&M's and some tchotchkes? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. spent, I don't think you know. You spent 100000 on your booth and you're going to use M&M's? <laughs> we have to talk. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a hell of an art, and and it's uh, it's stuff people should get into. So definitely, uh, you know, people reach out um, to yeah to Anders and the team at the Infotainers. Uh, obviously, to Rory, if you want to go deeper and you really want to dig into to how it works and how you can make it work for your team, is pretty cool. And it's a it's a pleasure to know you, uh, and and I look forward we can chat further and hopefully work together more in, in the future. Uh, so for folks that want to catch up with you and, and see you in action, uh, how do we find you online and, and, and maybe actually, yeah, any other spots you want us to, to track you down? Yeah, sure. So, um, just roar communications is, um, is great. And then I can just also add my, uh, my name and my address and my birthday and you guys <laughs> can, uh, Last four digits of your social, <laughs> what primary you went to, the name of your first pet. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the greatest thing. Like people do that whole thing, like the 10-year photo thing. I'm like, you mean the machine learning training tool? So give me a photo of you 10 years ago and today. Guess what? You've just trained machine learning. That's what it was for. It's not for any other reason. Why do you think Google shows you a, the CAPTCHA thing? It says, click the pictures of signs. It's not because they give a rat's ass that you can identify the signs. You're training their algorithm. That's really what you're mm. doing. It's, it just so happens that it works out as a way to authenticate you as a human, but you're effectively making the machine better at identifying pictures of signs in a, in a, a landscape mm. photo. It's, it's kind of funny. So me on the wrong side of the deception, I know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's but, the whole point, right? Yeah. So if you if you want to learn more about about doing right things and, and see someone who's amazing at it, follow Rory and uh, and we need to get more uh, more of you on. You need to activate that Twitter, kid. We got to get you up doing more stuff. So uh, your 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 presentations and your ability to to tell stories and and your magic is obviously incredible. So it's it's a pleasure to have witnessed it. Uh, and I look forward to, to hanging out more. So definitely. Thanks very much, Roy. This has been a blast. Uh, hopefully folks catch up and, and enjoy it. And uh, and then hopefully you'll all see, you know, Rory Anders and, and other infotainers uh, do this stuff at trade shows in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're listening to today's Cool Palsy Podcast.